Welcome to Infinite Pulp. Yay. We're yeah. here. We Infinity are here. continues. Yeah, let's do it again. Try it out one more time. See how it works. Um, and then probably week, one more time after that. Yeah. And then one more time after that. Yeah, you know what? We're going we're gonna to keep rolling with it until um, somebody tells us to stop. So <laughs> that's your job out there. So and let us know. Maybe even after that. Like, we're kind of belligerent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be like the Michael Jordan of uh, podcasts. We're going to tell you. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to leave that in. I'm not explaining that joke. You guys just have that. Go watch The Last Dance. It's really good. Figure Um, it out. Figure it out. Max, I am sitting in a different position than I was sitting last time I was here. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel great. I have rearranged my room. Good. I have added something to my room that I want to talk about. Yeah. And it's uh, a new PC, which is really exciting. It's my very exciting. Roommate moved out um, beginning of May and he had two PCs and one of them was left over and he came to pick some stuff up last week. And he was like, mm, do you want a PC? It has this stuff on us. I'm selling it for this. And it comes with a monitor, a mouse and a mechanical keyboard. And I was just like, yeah, yep. that sounds great because <laughs> I can run Forza four on um, Forza Horizon four on ultra settings. Mm-hmm. I'm running. Welcome, welcome to the glorious PC gaming master race, sir. Yes. See, this is what I would like to discuss with you because you are a PC gamer, and I myself have been mostly consoles since high school. And so, um, the time I have taken with my PC, because the first thing I did obviously was set it up, and I immediately installed all of the games that I had already bought on my PC, and then I went back through and then bought a couple of games that I wanted. Like I bought Disco Elysium because I've been really wanting to go through that. Um, I purchased Dark Souls 2 because I don't have that one on that console. I only have one and three. And then I also bought uh, um, Star Wars Pod Racer, Episode 1 Part Race. Because, I mean, obviously you have to. Obviously. That's the um, one. Which version of Dark Souls 2? Um, the Scholar of... Good. Scholar of the First Sin. First Sins. Yeah. yeah. Good. It has good, good, all good, good. the expansion packs, which I've never gone through completely. Oh, they're so I've good. I've only done the first one, the... Um, uh, oh, what is it? Will you fight Sir alone? Aloni uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aloni or however you pronounce, pronounce the, the name. Tower of the, Cinders or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's, it's the iron, yeah, the iron thing. The iron mm-hmm. knight, um, I think. That one was awesome because you get like one of the best katanas in the game. And that's Crown how I like the to, Iron King. Yes. I don't think I'm going to use katanas this time, though. I think I'm going to use something different because yeah. the way that game works with breakable weapons, it's kind of annoying to use like the flimsiest weapon in the game. Yes. So, um, but with that being said, we have tested and tried out things um, with my new setup. So we have tested streaming and recording and they both work magically. Nice. And so I was streaming at Forza at um, full settings and um, having some people look at it and test it to see if there's any drops and I didn't see anything. Cool, man. So um, streaming soon. That is one of the announcements. Also recording soon. And we are also adding something else um, maybe to what may be soon divided as a network instead of just a single podcast (laughs) or Uh a conglomeration of things. Because I have somebody else who may be wanting to record and set up some YouTube stuff um, with The Sims. And I don't know if they're going to do it on their own or if they want to like loop it in with Infinite Pulp. So you guys may be seeing that as well. (laughs) <laughs> Which is really exciting. The times they are a change. <laughs> the one thing I do want to say, though, and I tweeted about this if anybody follows me, um, Dan Flamingo. And so what you should look at, though, is I had to install Epic. I had to install Steam and I had to install uh, good old games. Um 
origin just to like access the games that I already own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to use different launchers for it. And I've, I've seen a lot of pushback, especially with the Epic launcher store. And I got to tell you guys right now, everybody who's had a PC and complained about it, you guys are just a full of everything. <laughs> like what I have to have four different launchers on my PC. And that is still vastly easier than anything I have to do on my console. Like anything. All I have to do to switch between exclusives is click a button twice. On my PC, I have to turn my Xbox off. Not PC, I'm sorry. On my consoles, I got to turn my Xbox off, put my PS4 stuff on, switch it on the TV, get new controllers out, and literally all I have to do on a PC is click another button. You guys are complaining about nothing, and I want to hear nothing of it anymore. So, Yeah, well, that's see, that's the thing, and that's why you are going to learn that that is an obnoxious thing, is because it's all relative, right? Like to someone, Absolutely, yeah. to someone who has had to do all the n- nonsense that console players have to go through. And I feel for you. I was a console player for a long time. I would still like to be because there are still console exclusives yeah. that come out that I want to play. And I just can't justify it these days. Um, maybe one day when I'm rich, but for now I can't. And I have to basically just like deal with it. And it's, <laughs> it's definitely the definition of first world problem. Like, but yeah, I, I think it's very important to remember too, that like, if you've had access to all these things and this easiness, um, realizing that you have, that they're intentionally obfuscating, streamlining these processes because of money. Like it's, it's the same issue with crossplay for me, where it's like, if I have a friend who has a console oh, yeah. and I have a PC and I want to play games with them, like it was with you, I can't because they want me to go out and buy their console and that's mm-hmm. garbage. Like we should be able to move past that yeah. and people should be able to play the games the way they want to because ultimately like the hardware is great, but they're not making the money on the hardware. They're making the money publishing the software and that's really where they need to spend the focus. And you know, if they spent less time creating artificial barriers and more time creating lots of better games and funding better game publication, like they'd make more money and more gamers would have more stuff to play. And it's just silly. It's absolutely silly. And I don't like it. And that's my soapbox for today. I am glad that you soapbox that I agree with everything you just said. And it's really frustrating. And I'm, I'm, I'm an Xbox person. I, I mean, I have a PS4 as well, but I, I do prefer gaming on my Xbox, but the new consoles coming out this November. I've been, I've been looking at saving up to get it in an Xbox so I can buy it day one. And I don't know if I'm going to anymore. I'm going to really look at it and see it. I may go purchase a PS5 instead because I can get all of my Xbox first party games, which are the only exclusive Xbox games on my PC now. Mm -hmm. And every console game that has both consoles on it, I can just buy for the PS5. So like, I don't know if there's going to be a need in the future for me to actually own an Xbox anymore. Yeah, because I think Microsoft is kind of doing what you just talked about. They are pushing way more towards software than they are towards um, hardware. Yeah, and um, rightly and, so. And rightly so. At this point, they're like, it just kind of like you almost feel like they just don't care if they sell you your hardware, like their Xbox. Because like, you know, if you have an Xbox one, you have Game Pass and that's what we want you to have. And like, mm-hmm. so buy a new one. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's just kind of they have an air of like, I just. It doesn't matter if you buy the next Xbox. It's awesome. You definitely should. But if you don't, okay. You know, it's it's really interesting. I do think they are moving towards software, which I like. And they're really, I think Microsoft is doing a good job. I think they're trying to push for cross-platform. I think if if um, every, I think at this point, it's the developers, right? 
because Microsoft has shown that they'll do cross cross platform. I mean, Sea of Thieves was cross platform right away. So uh, Microsoft can because they've been developing well, for PC for a while anyway, right? They've got right. all that internal overlap already. Um, the big problem is that a lot of the major publishers like Sony and um, Nintendo don't. Right. And but so like, they don't have that PC transferability in, inherent in house yet. Um, and so I think that that's part of the problem is that like to expand that much requires a huge investment. And in terms of like the short term gain, it just makes more sense to keep doing what they're doing. Do you think, though, that I think I always thought it was more on an individual basis rather than a um overarching sony basis no it's, it's not it's not like when you when you're talking about like develop developers versus publishers like developers eventually have to um have to change based on publishers needs so like if a developer has a game as a component of the game that the publisher doesn't like they will make them change it before they will will be willing to publish it. And so basically once you've developed a game, it's not just about like getting the publisher and then everyone has your game. It's about getting the publisher and then like changing the game to the publisher's mm-hmm. requirements okay. if they are going to attach their name to it. Okay. Which is yeah. infuriating and I hate it, but it's the way it is. Yeah, that is infuriating. I think the way I was more thinking of is that um like Rocket League and Fortnite are all cross platform. 100%. I think Call of Duty is now too. Yeah. And so, um, but those are huge. And I think those have the ability to, to, to push them around and say, you know, we're cross platform between Microsoft, the Switch, and the PC. You should probably jump on this as well. Yeah. Otherwise, but at this point, the short term loss of like, if they tried to, if they tried to, like, once, once you've given it, you can't take it away again. Right. It's basically the way it works, right? Like, the, the cat's out of the bag. So people can't just go through and do that again. Um, but at the same time, there is this like this like chicken and egg scenario with games that big where it's like, if are they this big and this popular because people can play with their friends cross platform? Right. Right. Or did it get this big because everybody's cross platform already? Like there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I think at this point, the cat is is starting to come out of the bag a little bit and it's starting to happen. And I hope so, man. I just like I think people should be able to play so, together. Like I do, too. And, and it's nonsense at this point that they can't. You know, yeah. it's just especially between the Xbox and the PC like Microsoft. You 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 run most. Of, I understand if there's restrictions between an like a uh, Xbox and a Mac. Mm hmm. But like you're owning the software on both of those on the PC and the and the Xbox, you know, and I think they are you. I mean, all first party games for them are are cross platform, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter, though, because the only person that I've been wanting to play with who I haven't been playing with is you. And now I can't. So um, do you say you can't? I can. Now we can. Now we can. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I know. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, now I can't. And like, like I said, like, those games, like, right now, I, w- I probably would have purchased, like, if Monster Hunter World is really on sale, if I can get it for 10 bucks, even though I already own it on Xbox, I may pick it up for 10 bucks. Yeah. Because it's on PC and I can, like, it it, it does look it does look better. And I and I, it'll look even better when I get a better monitor, too. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, that's my, uh, my PC rant. Other than messing with my new computer, I've been mostly reading and um, playing Xbox and stuff and trying to get other things taken care of. I started practicing drums again and um, just doing other stuff. I started reading Mist, the first Mistborn book. 
Have you read any of those yet? No, I'm honestly not a huge Brandon Sanderson fan. Okay. Um, do you know, I really wanted to share with people though. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you guys are watching anything specific or anything, um, that's enlightening to you that you want to share with folks, but I have a TV show that I think is incredibly wholesome that you would not think is wholesome. And that if you have cable and access to the E network, you guys should definitely check it out. And that's botched. So if you don't know what botched is, botched is a plastic surgery show, but what it does is, is it takes two of the best plastic surgeons or what they say. I mean, from what I've seen, they're pretty good. Um, And it takes people who have had botched surgeries and really messed up situations and nothing that was their fault at all. And these guys go through and fix it and help them out and really just make honestly, they make them feel kind of like complete humans again to themselves. And I mean, that's a sentiment that is um, said over and over again um, on that show. And it's just incredibly wholesome. And it's wonderful because the doctors will tell you and say you will die from the surgery mm-hmm. we will not do this for you like or this is a complication you were going to be risking we don't feel comfortable putting you through that so we can't right. do this surgery or they'll say these are the complications do you want to take this risk or not it's just like to see doctors give good strong advice and to like harp on other doctors and be like no those guys did a poor job and they should not have mm-hmm. never have done this to you um, and watching the reactions of the folks afterwards, it's wonderful, man. It's just a beautiful thing to see somebody like with a new nose that's been busted up, you know, like a dog took a piece of a piece out of it and they just see this beautiful thing on their face. And it's just, I know it's wonderful. Hey, give it a try. You wouldn't think it is, but I th- it's, it's really just wonderful. Okay. And awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that sort of stuff yeah. honestly kind of grosses me out. Not, not just like blood. Like yeah. it's really hard for me to watch that stuff. No, no, the. That stuff is hard. Okay, that, I, we should probably disclaimer that, you know, it, it is hard to watch. Some of it is difficult to watch, not because of like, you know, it's vulgar. It's hard to watch because you're, you're watching somebody mm-hmm. do surgery on somebody else. So if you're not like okay with blood or okay with like seeing like into somebody else, you probably should not watch it. But if that stuff doesn't bother you, give it a try because it's surprisingly entertaining and, and just really just it's just good. It's quality. Like I, I, I was expecting it to be kind of just a dumb reality show. Um, but it really isn't like it, it's really a cool thing. So give it a show today. Something happened to me, though, that I would like to go through and I'm dominating the front half of this. So please, Max, if you have something. No, I'm good, man. Um, I'm, I'm listening. I'm on the train. Interrupt me. Just stop. Your life is it's probably as exciting as mine is right now. This is the most exciting thing that's happened to me in the last week. Some random person showed up my house today. They rang the doorbell and then they knocked. And when I looked through my window, so I live to the right of the front door, like underneath the ground almost, like my window is ground level. So I just peek out of it a little bit and it looks like they're holding the Krispy Kreme bag. So I'm like, oh, somebody ordered donuts. Perfect. I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to worry about it. And... Cause I have seven people that live here. So it's like crazy if somebody like people are ordering food all the time. So like, unless it's you, they're going to know that it's them and they're going to get it. But the doorbell rings again. I'm like, what is this? Why is nobody getting their food? So I looked out there and I went to the front door and there's this um, lady standing there with a mask on and a bunch of cleaning supplies. And she's just like, I'm here to clean the restroom. And I said, I have no idea what you're <laughs> talking about. I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't just let you in the house because I don't like nobody's right. told me that you're here. And nobody like my landlord didn't tell me you're like, you know, like who I said, do you know who hired you? 
Like, because if you can give me all give you need to name, do is yeah. give me one of the names yeah. of the people that live in my house, I'm like, great. I know that person. They're in. Come on in. I'm sorry about that. Like, like I was trying to like be nice, but also like I'm not just gonna let somebody in my house if I don't know what's going <laughs> That's on. That's very wise of you, and it's a good um, lesson for all of us. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. don't just assume. Like, yeah. And so after she told me she couldn't tell me who hired her, she seemed very innocent and very much so. Um, one of my old roommate's car pulls up after like about 10 minutes. So here's what happens. I skipped ahead. It happens a lot. After she, we go through the whole rigmarole, I go back down and said, hey, just let me talk to my roommates. I'm going to see who hired you and I'll come back, let you in. Don't like, let's, I'm just, I just need to go in and like powwow with these people. Mm-hmm. Nobody's home but me other than like one other person. Um, and so I'm trying to group message everybody like, hey, did you guys hire this? What's going on? I didn't want to reach out to my landlord let or landlord yet because I didn't want to break anything that was like, if it says we can't hire people to come in and like work on stuff, I don't right. want to let somebody in. And I also don't want to let the landlord know that like I'm letting somebody in to clean the place. So I'm like, I need to confirm if right. we did this or if she did this. So I go back out to have another conversation with her and be like, hey, nobody's got in contact with me yet. I'm not sure what's going on. And so I go out there and nobody's at my front door anymore. The car's still there and she's sitting in the car. I was like, okay, cool. That's better than just waiting out here in the stoop for sure. And then my old roommate pulls up and she gets out and she says, oh, I hired this person to clean the restroom for one of the other roommates just as like a fun like gift gesture for them. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Come on in. Have a good time. Here's the restroom that you're like, you're supposed to be at. And then uh, that's the last thing. And now I've been down here in my room preparing yeah. for this podcast ever since. So she's probably taking and stealing everything in the house right now upstairs. <laughs> and so I'm sure she's not. It's She seems super wonderful. And I apologized afterwards. It's like, I just did. I'm sorry. I, you know, it's like, I understand. And so... But I just thought that was really... We, just kind of like an odd thing to happen. And like, what... Why would you not tell us yeah, that you had somebody yeah, coming to clean? You well, know, because like, you want it to be a surprise. Like, but at the same time, I totally like that's not cool, man. Like you can't just have strangers show up at a place and yeah, yeah. It's and it's just one of those things where like it's the same person that when they were moving out would have people scheduled to come visit and look at their room, but not be here and text us like thirty minutes. Hey, I'm not going to be there. Can you show mm-hmm. this person around? It's like don't schedule something if you're not yeah. going to be there. You know, and so. So it was an interesting morning, to say the least. Um, I just got stuck watching the uh, the dog whisperer pretty much all morning, doing That's doing other funny. things. It was great. <laughs> but speaking of something I'm watching, let's play a game. Max thought he was going to get out of it this week. I could see it in I his eyes. Um, but he's not going to though. We're going to play. What am I watching? And then we're going to get into our topic because it's been about 30 minutes since we were started this thing. And uh, you guys probably want to know what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I'm sure. Actually, Max probably wants to know what we're going to talk about today, too. Um, I'm watching a movie and um, Max gets to uh, try to figure out what it is. He gets five questions to narrow down two guesses yeah. at the very end and um, two clues throughout. And that's pretty much it. We're tied. Uh, not tied. I'm up eight to seven right now. Yep, and sometimes I'm good at it, and sometimes and I'm real not. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. And um, I have one listener that keeps on texting me about it. Whenever you lose, it just makes him so happy. So he really Thanks, likes man. it when you lose. Great. So, yeah, you know. Um, go for it. It's a movie. All right. I am going to start off with a simple one. Is it... 
live action or a cartoon? It's live action. Is this a movie that I like? I would say you more than like this movie. Give me a hint. Um, hmm. You and I went and saw a sequel to this in the theaters together. Oh, heck. Screw it. Give me the other clue. But... I'll continue this one just for a second. It was probably the last movie we saw together in the theaters. I can actually almost guarantee I this is the last movie we the saw last together movie. in the theaters. I can't remember ever seeing a movie in That's theaters okay. with you. It's just been so long, man. <sighs> No, like that's, that's what I'm saying is like this happened within the last like couple of years that we've been hanging out. This happened in North Carolina. Uh, I still need the second clue. That's not enough. I got nothing that's on okay. that one. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. The first movie and the second movie of this series were directed by two of the greatest sci-fi directors we have. They're still alive. Oh. Is it in the Alien franchise? Oh, it is. Good. So I is think it? we're done. Now you, I mean, you get essentially you have two questions or two guesses to figure out which movie it is. Yeah. Is it a part of the original trilogy? Yes. Is it Alien 2? No. Aliens. It's uh, I'm going to count that as the same guess, but no, it's not aliens. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so Alien 3 Resurrection. No, it's the first one. Alien? You're watching the yeah. original Alien? Yeah. Hell. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm shocked. Why? I love this movie. We saw we've we've discussed how my I feel that I I almost like the Alien franchise more than Star Wars. We did, but you like I do like the second movies more than the first movies. You're right. This isn't this is an odd exception. I'm sorry, my keyboard's on the other side of my table. I'm trying to update the score. There it is. There we go. Um yeah, this is an odd exception because I like this movie. More than I like the, any of the other. The aliens, one of it's one of my favorite movies. I just feel like I remembered you watching it like more recently than that. Like, like, like almost two months ago, maybe. Do you watch it that well, frequently? Yeah, I did. I watched this movie a lot. Okay. This is also the last. Oh, this is interesting. So we, you and I, saw Alien Covenant together. Yes. And so this was that was the last movie. I think the only movie we've ever seen together in the theaters. You're right. Um, but uh, I did. I watched this like I watched this in the theaters like three, four months ago. It was it came out in uh, I think in November. It came out here in the theaters huh. like as a re-release. And I watched it and then I did watch it again. I think it was actually one of the guesses in the clues, which is why I almost didn't watch it today. But there's no uh, there were no rules about repeating movies. So. 
That's true. That's absolutely true. So, um, I did the wrong thing. This is really confusing me. I have two monitors up and I have two different keyboards controlling each monitor. Yeah. And so like <laughs> I keep on using the wrong keyboard to, to touch what I'm trying to touch. <laughs> I'm like, why is not my mouse not moving? Or like I'll type it and they're like, why? Oh, yeah, it's really frustrating. Yeah, um, that's nine to seven. Um, good guesses, though. And this is the very I first just time couldn't believe I couldn't believe you were wearing watching the first one again. Like you just watched it recently. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, part of the, like, I don't, like, I'm, this is an interesting one because I'm not watching it as much as I usually watch them while we're doing this stuff. And I can't have sound on. So typically when I pick things, I just try to pick things that I think are pretty. Mm -hmm. And so I like this, the way this one looks. I think this is beautiful. Um, but, uh, I, I do want to call out today though, that this is the first time that we have identified the correct franchise, but still not got the the answer right yeah well i mean i had two questions left and there's like what 12 movies in the franchise so <laughs> that's I, true i would have i would have equally difficult times with like star wars or um transformers or something just because there are so yeah many that's interesting that you think there's not that i mean you're right it's not that you think it. You're absolutely there are lots of movies in the alien franchise i just never consider them outside of the seven yeah like no, the five, the six that exist, like outside of from Alien to Alien Covenant, anything that like happens in that timeline, I exist. But like Alien vs. Predator and all those movies, mm -hmm. um, which I know are, I mean, some of those are actually pretty awesome, but uh, I just never consider them Alien movies, which is yeah. weird. And so but that's a me thing for sure. Speaking of that and these kind of things, um, uh, I've been thinking about this for a while and I kind of wanted to get into this a little bit. Um, and this is what Max was teasing about earlier about not being able to find the words to something. It's like, I kind of want to talk about words today in language. I've been going through a uh, YouTube series. I, I, I discovered this YouTube series like three, four weeks ago. And I saw the first episode, the first uh, episode. And I was like, that sounds really interesting. Sounds like something I would really enjoy listening to, like discussing the philosophy of language. And so I looked at it a little bit more today and I got really into it. Um, I think you should definitely go out. I will put the link of the YouTube series that I've been watching in our description. So if you haven't been checking out the descriptions of all of the, each episode, you should, it tells you what the episode's about. Also gives you fun links in there. Hmm. And so check it out. I can't pronounce the person's name who does it, but he is wonderfully entertaining and it's really interesting. Um, you get fun examples of sentences like can we know the rain can rain, but can nothing, nothing. Like, yeah. And then you get arguments like that kind of stuff. Like just the fact that Buffalo, the word Buffalo seven times in a row is a legitimate English sentence. Yes. Isn't that wild? I still can't, I still can't even like rationalize like that series of thoughts. Like my brain just melts. We're going to look this up real quick. Um, sentence. So Buffalo, Buffalo. I did it again. I used the wrong mouse. We're never going to do, do this like again. Buffalo sentence. Buffalo, and Buffalo, that. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight yeah. buffaloes in a row. Yeah. What it, the depending heck? on where you capitalize the buffalo, 
it has a different meaning. It's so this is the crux and the core of what I wanted to like look at today and what has really got me interested in words. Um, and I think about this a lot as well. And so is that um, this is spelled both. Buffalo is spelled the same way. Buffalo, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But they have two different meanings, but the words are the exact same. And so I think those are really interesting, but I like things that flip around the other way. Things that are the same thing seemingly, but have like four different words mm-hmm. to explain them. And I'll give you a couple of really bad examples um, because surprisingly, when you type this stuff into Google, it is difficult to find because you get a lot of websites that are just synonym websites. <laughs> like <laughs> here are the, and I'm looking for like exactly synonyms. I'm, you know, but autumn and fall are, are the same, mean the same thing, but fall can also mean something different. But like, I was trying to figure it out. Autumn and fall are some of the two ones that are, they mean the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like something a little bit different. Um, what about like right and correct in those contexts? Would that be the same thing? I don't know. I don't know. I, I So language is really tricky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like. I guess my answer has to be um, right and correct the same. Um, Well, like with tiny variations, which is, I think, part of why there are so many different words in language. Like, yeah, you, you commented about how I think it's the Inuit who have 80 different words for snow. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's because there are that many different like types of snow, like snow is so prevalent in their reality that they have to have like a phrase to describe all the different kinds of it because it's Mm -hmm. important and impactful. Like um, the fact that The fact that there's slush snow or powder snow or, you know, like heavy snow, hail, like these are all things that exist. And so it's it's kind of wild to imagine that this is a reality that like and and when you when you because language is about clarity. Right. And language is actually, in my opinion, the greatest barrier to clarity. Um, but the fact that like. They come up with a new word when they find a new type of snow because they need to be able to describe it. So I think that's why language is changing and evolving all the time is because we're trying to like fine tune it and hone in a little bit. Um, but as words are always changing, like, and they develop connotation and denotation and you get all these added sort of elements of baggage beyond raw definition of a word that really means it's, um, it's, necessary for it to constantly change and it's necessary for it to be complicated. Um, I think if you try to make things too simple, you lose out on a lot of nuance. I agree. And that's part of the, um, the, the series I'm going through right now is if you kind of study through and the philosophy of language, um, at least what they're studying has really kind of a late philosophy. It's an 1860s kind of philosophy that started, um, and then has developed more and more since then. But the sentence of nothing, nothings, and you're just like, wait, what can mm-hmm. nothing, nothing? But does that mean that like, because some of the people were on the side of like, well, no, nothing cannot nothing. So that cannot be something that actually can exist. Right. And then you get into, so 
it's interesting because I think the um, the and you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, but the the just the study of language and what the words are to folks and everything, I think it's is what they were categorizing as as part of like a metaphysics almost mm-hmm. where it's because things cannot be directly connected to one thing. And I think early philosophers are trying to break that down. For example, when I say apple and I point at an apple, we know that apple means apple. But what they were saying is if you had a word like tuvi, this was their example, tuvi, that apple is tuvi. So does that mean tuvi equals apple? It's like, no, it's just something about the apple. Like you can't really like feel like you, have, you, you can't see it. You kind of just sense it and feel it. And, and go from there. And that was their kind of way of saying that, well, you can't just connect everything together right away. Like, it's not just a one to one. That's where really, I think the invention, not just the invention, the wrong word for that one, is the the idea that language to me is the is either an art or a science or a combination of both. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where you get the distinction between those two things where I think at its core being, for me, you could boil down to language being a science in what it is, but the use of it is an art form. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I lie into it, where it's interesting because I think you could look at it as if you string together this sentence, it's going to be beautiful because these words sound beautiful together. And that to me is a science. But the person who can figure out that those words sound beautiful together, that's the art form part of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of as language as a whole, you know, dialing down to where I was really when I get dumbfounded about words and language constantly is the fact that the original meaning for awful was like awe-inspiring. And now we've made it something else. Right. Which is amazing to me. The fact that there's a living language out there, it's just, it fascinates me. And it really concretes the idea that um, if we just collectively decide something, we can make it so. Like, yeah, that's like all it takes. I mean, money is a great example of that, right? Like, we've decided that these pieces of paper have value. Right. And and that's what pretty much words are. Words and language are just a set of agreements that we said, this is what this means together. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at an apple, that's what that means when yep. I say apple, which is really interesting because I was looking at the series and the um, the way children learn li- like words and languages. And it's mm-hmm. really interesting if you study the way. So when children say stuff, sometimes they say um, you want an apple and they really mean I want an apple. But what has happened is, is they have learned that when somebody points them and says you, they think that you is them. Does that make sense? I'm going to say that differently. When children are learning something and like I point to them and say, do you want an apple? They repeat back to me at some point later, you want an apple means I want an apple myself. But because I told them that themselves was you, they're interpreting themselves as being the word you. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And it's not just a weird thing in languages. It's just how people learn stuff, because what they did is, is they did sign language and they found out that the kids would mimic the same things that they made mistakes on in the way they spoke as well. So mm-hmm. they would point to somebody and say, you know, they point and say, you want an apple. But they really meant I wanted an apple. But because 
they associated themselves with somebody pointing at them. They think pointing means them. It's really interesting. I think that's really fascinating when it comes to like thinking about how you are working on words and your relationship to them. Because when you first start learning about them, it directly is a one-to-one this means this. And it's not until you get a little older, you start being able to progressively manipulate those words into what you want. You start understanding essentially the meta part of that, the words and really what that is. And, and nuance, right? Yeah. And context nuance. and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> That's the best word for it, nuance. So one, I always forget about nuance. It's one of my favorite things in, in media entertainment. And I just, I always, such a good word too. And I always forget about it. Do you have a favorite <laughs> word? A favorite? Oh, yes, absolutely. My favorite word is Zamboni. Which is the machine that they clean ice rinks with, right? Mm-hmm. It's just got the little scrubber underneath. But just saying the word is deeply and profoundly fun to me and silly and happy. And I'm like, this is a real word. This is this is a thing that people have decided has meaning. Zamboni. I want to try it. I want to try it. Hold on. Hold on. Zamboni. Right? It's good. Yeah, that's good. That feels really good, too. Um, I like I had it. It's out in my room right now. I'm going to see if I can capture the word again. Um, oh, it's not. It's a mine's a proper noun, actually. Um, my favorite thing to think about is is the word Fred. The name Fred, because and I don't know why it just and then I think you do this like ship S.H.I.P. And it's a ship, like something you look at that floats that's large on water. And just the way that those individual letters like when you break them down to what they are, instead of just saying the word, it just seems odd to me. Like Fred just seems like a really odd combination of letters. Yep. And then you start looking at other things and you're just like, oh, yeah, everything has a, some really weird ob- like combinations of letters and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like it's an interesting like, I don't know. I, I don't know if that doesn't like maybe that doesn't fascinate anybody else. But just like the way letters and words are put together, just really fascinate me. Sorry, that's my computer going on my monitor turned off while we were sitting here we're still messing with things a little bit and trying learning to learning the settings out. yeah you know we're still we're still doing things um so what i i had oh i know what it was so really i think what i want to kind of boil down to a little bit is 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 the why do you think this is so i, I want to ask you something I'm, i was reading my brandon Sanderson book uh the final empire the first mistborn book and he used the word maladroitly and i didn't know what it was and so i went i if you have like a kindle which is the best thing ever you can just hold your finger on the word and it pops up what the word means it's yeah. the greatest so I, I looked at that and the definition um when I popped it into there was um, like clumsily and without skill and that kind of stuff. Because adroitly apparently means to have skill in something mm-hmm. if you're adroit in it. So it got me thinking. Uh, bungling was also another word that was uh, used inside of uh, like with like in the dictionary that was used. So it's fascinating. And it's one of those fun things that you discover when you're a kid and you look when you finally look up a word and it says, see this. And you're like, wait a second. And then it says, see this. And then you realize that words mean other words like you have to use these words to describe this one. So why do we need this one? Mm -hmm. So maladroit was one of those where the reason that he used it in the sentence was because I, I, I tried it. It sounded way better than bungly and clumsily. 
And I'm like, well, that sounds better. So is, is that why we have different words that kind of mean the same thing? Do you think they just sound better? Like, how does that happen? How do you like, is it different dialects from different parts of the country? And then they finally converge together. Like, is that, is that what's going on? Like, I'm just trying to figure out why we have duplicates of things and your thoughts about maybe why that happens. Yeah. I think, I think parallel evolution is definitely a reality, both in, in that and the real world. And I think the, um, the fact that this happens is not at all uncommon. And I think it's ridiculous. That's an excellent example, not word palatroitly, of why I don't like Brandon Sanderson. It's because unless you are a literary individual or unless you like just regularly browse a thesaurus for fun, that's not a word that's a part of your lexicon. Like nobody uses that word casually in conversation. Except academics who are out to like look like they know words like any word that exists that you have to look up like that that's used that infrequently and is that niche is just like it's like a weird flex. Like I've never understood the need to do that. Um, So. I don't know, for me, it's not ideal, it's not fun, it's not the best, Um, but it's, it's a good example of like it's it's cool to know that words that can mean that exist and that there are multiples but again Mm -hmm. connotation plays into a lot of that like you mentioned earlier about right and correct and how thing a thing can be right but not correct and how a thing can be correct and not right right and correct yeah and now i have to tap out because i have to pee so bad i'll be right back all right. So while Max is doing that, um, I am going to uh, decide that um, we're going to take a little break. This is our first break and it'll be, I don't know, a few minutes long. We'll see if I'm keeping this in here. You know what? Actually, I would like to talk about for a little bit. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's get back here for a second. Um, speaking about words and languages and how words are just a set of agreements, I would like to know who the first person was that decided that these several small words have such a terrible meaning um, by the fact that they, in definition, are a replacement for a word that already exists, but apparently because these things have a certain combination of letters they're just automatically something that is undesirable or something that hurts your ears like is it a natural thing or is it a learned process from humans i think it's a learned process i don't think it's a natural thing and i think it's absolute garbage that we have these things that exist and max i am talking about swear words because i think it's garbage that swear words exist i think it's delightful i love it it's so satisfying like it's just so I think that's part of why kids cry so much is because they don't have like they have so many feelings inside of them. And as humans, we experience so much on a daily basis. And to be able to have a word that we all know and we all agree communicates this idea that just absolutely and perfectly coalesces the the, the turmoil in your being or your feelings about a particular issue, I think is phenomenal. And I think the notion, you know, especially if you're thinking about it in terms of like conflict or whatever, right? Like um, this is a person who is 
not great or this is a person who doesn't have a lot of good words like these are these are like cornerstones that we can all lean on and all communicate with yes. and relate to each other i everything you just said i agree with my issue never okay let me i'll back up a little bit i won't even say issue um uh, my thing is is would they have the same impact and would they mean and feel as satisfactory to use and in those situations? Because I do think a properly placed swear it is just, mm, you're right, it feels great. Mm -hmm. um, but would they have the same impact? Like, if we remove the fact that they are swear words, I'm quoting this, and that they are bad or they are things that are undesirable and there are things that determine whether or not somebody can watch something based upon these words. I just want to know if you think that had the same impact. And my thing is, is like, do you, do you like the fact that we have like secluded these things into a do not use zone unless you are of this age or like, unless you are of this ilk, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, I think it does. And I think that's part of why kids cry so much is because they don't have swear words to be able to communicate how they're feeling at any given point. Right. <laughs> So should we be encouraging children to use swear words to express their emotions correctly? Um, no, I don't think so. Because so, so what's are, the way of teaching? Well, like, yeah, why, go for it. So I think it, because for the same reason you don't teach kids to like tell jokes to grownups, right? Like that was a thing that I was taught growing up is don't tell jokes, right? Don't joke with grownups is because they might not get it. And until you have the the developed mental capacity to be able to identify situations and contexts like like you know you can't you can't just walk up to somebody who you're excited to see and go F you because that's not that's right. just not cool man and so yeah you, and see and that's where like i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off you i was just, I was just gonna to. say that kids don't have discernment and discernment is what being an adult is about in many ways and so that's why i think it makes sense that we don't teach kids how to swear is because they don't know when to use it properly. Okay. I don't think many adults do either, but that's, I mean, that's on them as adults, right? Cause by that right. point you should know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you and everything that you just said as well too. I think trying to um, think about it as a step further back to me is, is, is it necessary that I think I guess your answer is yes. Right. You think these words should be, should be classified as swear words because they have uses in that capacity. Like if we remove the the uh, the if we removed the um, construct around them that they aren't bad. Like if we just decided that they're just not bad anymore. You know, words are a collective set of agreements. Everyone's just like, hey, these words aren't bad anymore. We don't care what's like when people would they lose that impact of of that feeling of just satisfactory when you're when you've placed the perfect perfect one, or would it just make things better because then we wouldn't have these set of things that are taboo that really just don't matter if that they're taboo because we're the ones that are deciding that they're taboo. You know, like I struggle with that and thinking about that. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean. And I think, I think it's, I don't know, man, it's fun. I don't know. It's just fun. Like it's, yeah, it's, it, it's it, neat. Yeah. And that can be an answer like that. And there, there is no real answer, obviously, you know, like it's just whatever it is to you. And I think to me, it's just a, 
I kind of do think they would lose meaning. People like what they can't have. And you're told through most of your life yeah. that you should not have these. At least I was, you know, and I think other people grew up differently. But like you're told these are not things you should be saying unless you understand them, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, and and that honestly adds to the wanting to use them and the wanting to. Yeah. Well, the, like taboo, the impact they have for the taboo sure. has always been, had a draw. Yeah, obviously. And so that's why I think if you remove the taboo, you kind of just really you you devalue those words a lot to how they're being used currently. I think it's stupid. I think you should devalue that and just let them be words. But I also see the side of it that you're saying that, like, it's fun. And like, I understand, you know, I get both sides of it. I just I don't know. I I like maybe it's just me. I like the idea of everyone coming together and being like, this is just dumb. Can we just stop doing? Yep. Perfect. Let's do it. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's it's a world that I would like to live in where like somebody can stand up and say, hey, can we think about this for a second? Everyone's like, we should think about that for a second. Yep. That's dumb. Let's you know, and not just language or words. I'm talking, you know, really anything that you can make that decision on. So, yeah, that's my my wishful thinking for the future of, uh, you know, that's my Star Trek future. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. But I also think I also think like. The nuance of language reflects the nuance of humanity, right? And so being able to, like, say whether a thing works or not in a, in a larger context, like, we're never going to we're never going to eliminate bad words. We're never going to eliminate. Right. And I think in the same way that the world needs bad people to kind of balance out the good, the you know, like balance is the most important aspect of any of it. So the notion the notion that, like. That some language should be removed because it doesn't work, I think, is a slippery slope. Not even um, removed. Just like demystified, I guess, would be the right word for it. Yeah. I yeah, think. and I get what you're saying, and I hear what you're saying. And I think there's a lot of, um, like, mystery when you talk about that. Like, there's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt for a lot of people in a lot of language, right? Mm-hmm. And it's trying to like take that away is impossible as long as the people for whom that word carries that weight exists. Right. That's true. Yeah. And it absolutely has a lot to do with the um, language that was used around you as you were developing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so how you view and what you what you think of as crude or beautiful um, really depends a lot on on your I, th- I think language a, a lot of times has a lot to do with external factors versus a lot of other personality traits that you may have. I think language is one of at least for me, I know it is something that like I get externally a lot more than a lot of my other like things that I use like all I because I, I don't know would you consider the way somebody uses language a personality trait I mean it yes. has to be right yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and I think that personality trait for me is signified and developed by external factors way more than it is internal for myself because I find myself picking up uses like if you and I hang out and you have a specific word that you say a lot I'm going to be using it I know I'm going to be and I'm going to use it like you do and I'm going to like it and I'm going to say I'm stealing this from you because it's wonderful um so I think you're absolutely right that like just because when I'm looking at it and I'm saying to me, yes, it's enjoyable to 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 shout out a or or anything that you want to. It's also 
to me, like it would have just as much impact if it wasn't a bad word. Like that word would carry the same weight to me if people didn't consider it a bad word. However, I knew it was a bad word thinking of it now. If I never knew it was a bad word, that may be different. But that's a different kind of discussion that we we don't want to have yet. But you're absolutely right, though. I think that's going to mean so many different things to so many different people that it's it's not fair for me or for really anybody to say that this is this is the way it has to be and not not let somebody else kind of develop a living language. You know, as you said, like this, I think a living language can happen between a culture and individually as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's ever moving. There's no answer to this. Any of these questions. This is a as we talked about earlier. And I really like I think the language is kind of metaphysical a little bit. It's great. Yeah. Well, it's a tool. And I think that's important to remember, too, is like it is it is a tool. And it's not just like it's not just a thing that, you know, helps us all communicate or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's very much a thing that we need to be able to effectively like exist. And it has a has a I can guarantee you, too, that the words that you use probably have more impact than you may realize on the person you're talking to them about. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to think about that and really to, to go through that. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was discussing something with somebody about our relationship and I had said something to her and she looked at me like, wow, I never thought about that before. I really kind of got to go back and think for a second. And to me, it was just something that I said and that wasn't something that I had really like, I wasn't like seriously thinking about it, but they were. And I think that kind of made had a moment of clarity for me of like, wow, these really have a lot more impact than I thought they did. I was 29 when I learned that. So yeah, if you guys can learn that much earlier than I can, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I was talking with my, my parents earlier today. We try to have lunch a couple times a week while quarantine is going on and like zoom together. excuse me, zoom together and have lunch. And we were talking about how we process things. And I used to very much be like an external processor. Like I conversations were where I thrived because it was a way to connect with people an excuse to socialize and get to know people better. And I would barge through things because I knew that if I messed up, I would like, I would be forgiven, right? Like people would get over it. So as I grow older and learn how much weight words do have for people and how, you know, really, when you say something, you can't take it back mm-hmm. ever. It's, you know, that person heard it. It's real and it makes it real. And it's made me much more guarded about how I process. And I do a lot of processing mentally now because I want to do as little harm as possible. Right. Do so that's. Do you think that that you'll you'll want to find a balance between those two? And have you found that balance or are you leaning towards processing internally more than externally because you're afraid of hurting like do you think there needs to be more of a balance there for you than just reverting back into yourself i know you process things too but you know you know what i'm trying to ask say it one more time for me yeah so you're worried about the your impact you have on folks and the words that you have um so you're doing some internal processing before you start and so maybe I think I maybe I went a step further than what you're actually telling me is, is is but I guess what I'm asking is, are you finding a balance between processing with people and processing within yourself or have you reverted so far back into yourself that you don't feel like you have that balance anymore? That's a good question. Um, I think I do. Process with people as well, like we're doing right now, even. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it is very much a. 
a balance. And I think it's very much something that I kind of um, have come to appreciate because I can like, I, I want to make sure that I'm going into those in interactions and those exchanges with as much um, just commitment to the other as possible. So mm -hmm. like when I think about, and I'm sorry, I'm taking so long to try to articulate this, but like when I think about my responsibility to other people versus their responsibility to me, I feel like I carry a larger weight in general because I spend a lot of time being self, trying to be self-aware and self-reflective. And I understand that other people don't have that luxury or that opportunity. So um, I try to, I try to like do all the heavy lifting in my head first. And then, and then I use my interactions with people as a sounding board afterwards to be able to really decide whether or not I'm, I'm doing what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds kind of more in line. That sounds, I mean, like in line where I'm at too. And I, I don't know if I have a right balance of it. I don't know if we can possibly even look at that more like without kind of going, you have to go through it to figure it out, you know? Yeah. But I'm very much in the same boat of wanting to try to, process things more mentally before I start having that discussion with the, with anybody, you know, or the person that I need to have a discussion with. And I'm thinking more about things that are, that are more heavier, not necessarily as lighthearted. You know, if you and I are, are joking about, um, which beer has the best flavor, like I'm not going to think as much as we're talking about, like, um, you know, whether or not I should have kids, you know, like it's going to be different. So mm -hmm. like, obviously it has that difference, but I'm thinking of like, when I'm trying to like have a nice discussion with somebody, um, I'm usually trying, yeah, I, I'm very bad at just saying things and blurting them out. And it's taking me 30, 30 odd years, 32 years on Saturday, by the way. Well, Saturday as of this recording, um, <laughs> two days from now, um, like three weeks ago for you guys. But it's taken me so long to kind of really figure out that like I have to think about things before I say them. I have to really process that stuff before. And really my, my interactions with people in group settings has really changed. I think because of, of, of that. Um, I don't really say things if I'm in a group, unless I have, I think something meaningful to add to this conversation. Yeah. And I just, so I, a lot of times I'll sit down and I'll kind of be quiet for like an hour and not say anything. And I'll be happy just listening to folks. But like, I don't feel like I have anything to add. So I'm not going to. Yeah. Do you feel like when you're sitting with folks in a group like that, like you have an obligation to say something or do you think it's weird? Like I had a lot. Of, I've had some people who I've been with during those situations, depending on how large the group is, where like you need like, why did you just sit there? You need like it was making me feel uncomfortable for you not to say anything. But I didn't feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's other people's stuff. Like, okay. like if someone is uncomfortable because you're not saying anything in a group setting, that's on them. Like that's their stuff. And it's fine if you want to make room for their stuff in your life and your reality and your world, especially I assume if you're going out with a group, it's a group of friends, right? You want to get on, you want to have a good time. So I think it makes sense to look out for other people's needs in that way. But I think... I think you have to look out for your needs first. And I think that, you know, you can't in the same way that like you can't one of the metaphors I've heard is you can't pour out for others when your cup is empty. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like to really be as effective as you want to be in social situations, 
if you need to be quiet and listen and really internalize a lot of this stuff, I think it's awesome. And I think it's great. And I think there are too many people who spend too much time compromising who they are, what they want and how they go about it for other people to ever make themselves feel really fulfilled. Mm hmm. Yeah. And opposite on the other side, too, if you are the person that is sitting in a group sitting and doing a lot of the talking, um, I don't feel bad if somebody like asks me, hey, you like, do you want to like add anything? Like if you try to get them to interact and yeah. they say no, then just let it go. Like, don't keep trying to get back at them, because usually what it means is they'll add something when they want to add something. They just don't have anything to add yet. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of times some people just like to listen. I know I have some friends who just, you know, I love just listening to you guys talk. And so I don't need to say anything, you know, mm -hmm. like, and so I, I think being on both sides of it, um, definitely helps. And then, uh, so well, cool. Do you have any, um, anything else you want to add for language sorts or words or, or just be any careful final thoughts, any swear words you want to say before you, I'm going to bleep all them out. You get them out now if you want. No, like. I, I'm good. <laughs> I tend to swear like a sailor in general. Um, but really it's. It's something that I have tried to purge of myself a little bit. And like, especially in social situations, like I try not to do it too much. Yeah. Um, because there was a, a long period of time where I really did it too much and it did not work out well um, for me or any of the people I cared about. It was just like, it wasn't, it didn't, feel, I didn't feel like it was contributing a lot to my existence mm -hmm. or the existences of others. Um, so I try to cut it out in general. Um, but that's, that's just my stuff, you know, and we were talking about that earlier. So in general, the, the, the parting thoughts for me are just like, you know, we're, for me, I, I think we're on this planet to be good to each other. And I really think it's important that we don't, don't hurt people with what we're saying. You know what I mean? Like it would be very easy to imagine that you're just saying something and you, you like you were talking about with your relationship where you say something and it's just off the cuff and it like profoundly affects somebody. And so just be careful, be aware, you know, pay attention because it's the, it's, you know, it's one of the, it's the most common way we have of relating to each other. Yep. Join us next week for body language where Max and I just sit here and try to communicate without talking. It's going to be a it's going to be a great show for everybody. You are all going to love it. Say and again. Uh, I said, join us next week for yes. uh, body language so where we're going to talk just by body language. It's going to I be a good it. episode for oh everybody. Oh, my gosh. That's so much fun. You can't see me, but I'm rolling my eyes and it's going to be so difficult to have interactions like that um, <laughs> for a podcast. Like what a ridiculous topic for a podcast where people can't see us. I love no, it. I know. I know. I love it so much. Which we're absolutely not going to do. We're not going to do body. We'll do body language at some point. I think I want to go that route, but I don't want to. Maybe we'll do it next week. Who knows? Who knows? We it's may do that. I actually have an idea world. for next week. I'm not sure. Oh, I do what I want to do. Um, before we stop talking about words and language, I would like to end with a few things that I really enjoy saying. Um, nope, I don't have anything. So Max, why don't you tell us where everybody can find you? I'm all over the internet at Max Baron Reed. Usually I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Come find me. Come say hi. Yes, yes, yes. You can find us pretty much. So you can find us at um, Twitch at Infinite Pulp 
And then you can also find us on Twitter at Infinite Pope. We have two channels there. But um, if you want to just follow myself or Max, um, or if you're more, I do a lot more than the actual channel does. So if you want to kind of look at our Twitter, I'm at Damped 3D Mango pretty much everywhere. And so just type that in DMP 3D Mango, and then you can just, I'll sure I'll be the first one there for you. So just check that out for us. <laughs> Subscribe, like, follow. I guess that's what you're supposed to say. Um, but uh, this has been a lot of fun. Let's use our words to say goodbye to these lovely people. Goodbye, everybody. Until next time.